0: Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrull. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured, for better and sometimes worse, across 80 countries on all seven continents.
1: Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Richard, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for waiting for me. Folks, I was late today. It's the first, I think it's the first time ever... Um, but you know, hey, ho families call and, uh, that's the great thing, rich, isn't it? About podcasting is people are all quite nice and quite understanding. If you have to shift things, you know, an hour this way or an hour that way or change the date. it's, it's not like being in the military where
1: <laughs> you can't change. You're not allowed to change anything. I mean, you can, you're just going to get NJP'd like that's just it it's like at what expense how much rank are you willing to sacrifice to do this yes that's, that's the gamble
0: listen brother i want i want to come and talk about your military career but can we go straight in because i know this will fascinate all people and not just yeah. our sort of military buffs but the human <laughs> trafficking that was the kind of thing that i thought oh wow yes we've we've got to get
1: rich on the podcast um, yeah go for it
0: yeah
1: i um how do I say this? Well, for everybody that doesn't know me, my name is Ricardo Abdel Avilas Aviles. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico and actually in Arecibo, Puerto Rico is where I was raised. And then I joined the military in 08. Uh, I deployed to Pad Liberty in Baghdad, Iraq in June of 2008. And then I came back of to September of 2009. It was it was there that I had my first encounter with like a a child trafficking victim, which we had a kid that was uh, we had we had some Iraqi police IPs that were getting shot in the head. And we ended up finding a lot of them and we started like triangulating, Okay, they're only shooting these two spots, so we got to put security here. We're finding the bodies at this time and we end up running into this car that uh, the kid didn't want to keep his hands up and we end up like. Pegging the car, uh, not pegging the car, I'm sorry. We end up like holding the car, pull out. It's a 16-year-old. And when we did ballistics, we checked everything. We checked fingerprints like it was him. He was the guy who was killing our guys. And he was uh, what's called a child of war, which Mm -hmm. that's part of like the branch of human trafficking, right? Human trafficking can be, has a lot of, um, has a lot of components, right? And that was like my first encounter with it. And it's pretty, uh, it was pretty shocking to see like a kid that age that was like that willing to commit. Because when we sat them down and we started talking to him, like he just openly admitted to everything. Fast forward years later, I start my business uh, called Language Ninja Solutions in, in Springfield, Missouri. And I get called, I get a call one night where I was told, hey, there's someone on the phone and... We we need an interpreter, and we found you on on Google, you know, out of all the things. And I was like, yeah. And this girl on the line said, "Help me! Someone's trying to sell me." And I immediately was like, "Okay, let's pause right here. Uh, You need to call the cops. This is my information because I'm probably you know going to be a part of this now, some way, some shape." I was like, "They'll probably come take a statement, and then I have to go to court." You know, me thinking as a as a cop. You know what I'm saying? You know how some sometimes our minds, uh, you know, military guy to military guy, you walk into a room and you kind of know what you're doing, right? Like mm. you're assessing everything. Well, it's the same with me as an interpreter is there's a system. We go here, here, here. I know that this leads to this, so I have to stop. And I got a call a couple of weeks later, and it was from a county here in Missouri that will remain nameless for now. They said, uh, we heard that you're an interpreter. We saw your background. You have a background check. You know, they had already like, like researched me. And they're like, Could you come up here? You know, it's an hour drive. We'll pay you this much. And I was like, yeah, sure. And when I walked in the I recognized like the voice. Because I, I heard a voice in Spanish and like I kind of like froze for a second. And I was like, oh, shit, I recognize that voice. And I didn't say anything because as an interpreter, you know, you have to. You have to stay neutral, right? Can't show emotions. You have to remain neutral because you're there to do one job, you know? And sure as hell, like they start talking and it was an an interview. They were just interviewing the girl to get her side of the the information. And, uh, you know, she's like, oh, I called the church and the interpreter answered and and she told her side, which was that she had ran from the places she was at. She found a church that she recognized. And lo and behold, they just went on Google and and like found me and they just called and I so happened to pick up and I said, uh, hey, we need to stop because at that point I need to let them know, hey, uh, I keep pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, notes on everything that I do interpreting wise. And I was like, I, I believe I'm that interpreter and I can prove it because of this is this, this. And they were like, well, that shouldn't be a problem. Is that a problem for you? I go, no, that it's, it's not a problem. Just letting you know that at some point, you know, if, if they asked who that was, it was me. Okay. And I can tell you exactly what I said. I, I have, you know, the notes here and they were like, okay, no problem. Never was an issue. Fast forward, you know, three years. I I worked like a couple hundred cases just interpreting for kids and victims of people that were either in sex trafficking, child trafficking. They were victims of child pornography, molestation, um, human trafficking and, You know, here we are, 2023, and I'm finally talking about it. So the longest time I couldn't talk about it because there was uh, some of those cases were still open. Um, Some of those cases, you know, uh, I I never knew where they went. So it's 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 pretty shocking sometimes, you know, when you think about it and you see like the movie that's out now, the I think Sound of Freedom movie, uh, you know, and you see it and you're like, oh, cool. Finally, someone's like having that conversation you know, from that side, uh, and it's not just Liam Neeson going to fuck somebody up, which it's a great movie. Taken's a great movie, uh, but it's like, hey, the conversation is now being open. You know, especially after the whole Jeffrey Epstein ordeal and everything, people I think are a little more like aware of like certain things that happen.
0: So, if you're a Spanish interpreter, what kind of countries were we? Were these individuals coming from? Was it all over Latin America?
1: That's a good question actually. No one's ever asked that. Uh <laughs> that's a really good question. The majority of the ones that I had were from Ecuador and Mexico. That's where the majority of the people that I that I can recount that I interpret or translate for uh that were trafficking victims, they were from those two countries, Mexico and Ecuador.
0: And uh, okay, so th- th- there's a lot of trafficking of of various things isn't there um from mexico mexico so
1: so like what happens is a lot of times is uh and people don't understand how common this is right what happens a lot of times is that you'll get someone that comes to the states right and they go well and this is like by the way i want to make this very clear this is one of the many ways that you can get into the country i'm not saying this is something you should do i'm not saying that i condone this I'm just saying that based upon what I've translated and the experiences that I've had, this is one of the many ways that I've heard people tell me, not tell me, I'm sorry, tell people and then me interpret how they came in, right? One of the ways is a family member pays for it. They straight up just, they know who to call. They know someone knows someone that they know what they normally call a coyote. A coyote is a guy that, you know, takes you across the border. Hmm. What happens a lot of times is that you have to pay a lot of money for security. Because for them to get you to the border outside of Mexico is easy. The problem is, is in a lot of those areas, right? If you go through certain parts, the water is not drinkable because there's just bodies in it. So you don't want to like be out there drinking that river body. And this is like we had a, a group of uh, kids, like uh, boys, like a group of boys that they drank from the water. And one of them had some severe like sort of bug disease. Uh, And he had like stab wounds also from because he left a gang and whatnot. And then his brother had no issues, but he had a severe allergic reaction to a flu shot, like like severe, like and they the doctors would say and people would say, like, well, maybe it's because of this. But I tell you what, everybody that I know that drank from those rivers that had bodies in them, they all have some sort of immunological issue like severe. Mm -hmm. So You see that and then people don't understand that that's very common. They'll just pay someone. And a lot of times what happens is, from my experience, I used to interpret when we had that that big um, in 2017, we had like a bunch of people coming through and they were just throwing the kids over the fence. So what a lot of those kids uh, did was they were paid by a coyote to take them there and then they memorized an address and the kids know they can look up an address anywhere you know, and they get told, hey, if you're here, you're here, you go do this. And they'd show up to their parents. That kid just escaped, you know, like that was something that happened a lot because I would I would be interpreting for someone. And then the kids don't know the kids. A lot of times they don't understand. I say it in the beginning, everything that is said here from from here on out, everything, everything I have to repeat, because by law, I have to like treat this person, which is called an LEP right? Limited English proficient, right? Or limited English person. Uh, hey, you need to feel comfortable, right? Because you know how it is, how many times you go to a country and people are like, pero mira el moreno, mira esto, mira. and you're like, they're looking at you, but you don't know the culture. Maybe they're looking at you because they're talking about someone over there and they want them to think that it's about you. Like there's a million things that can happen that you don't understand. And it's terrifying. Now, if you had someone that could tell you in your ear everything that's happening around you and everything that they can tell you and process it, Like you just saw what we did that exercise, right? Where you said something and I immediately like told you what it was in English. And that was like a pretty slow, it was like a three and a half second, probably five second delay, right? As an interpreter, you have to be less than 2.5 seconds with delay for you to be able to like efficiently work, right? Mm. People don't understand all the dynamics that are in play. And unfortunately, you know, when you have different cultures, you you have to like do research. You got to talk to people because there could be some slang or some colloquialism or, or some sort of linguistic barrier where if they say one thing it can mean another thing, right? So like that's where where you have to be like really careful. But that's that's that was part of my that was a really good question too. No one's ever asked me that. Sorry, you said Mexico.
0: Did you say Guatemala was the other country or? Uh, Ecuador. Ecuador. Okay. Ecuador. Ecuador. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ecuador right on the equator yeah um pretty easy halfway there i guess it's a boat ride across the pacific to get into
1: panama or somewhere and i mean i wouldn't know right cuz i've never done that trek but looking i mean let me pull up a map now cuz now i'm i don't want to sound dumb yep there we go da, da, da. i mean yeah you could but then the problem is is you could run into the you could run into the uh, the Coast Guard, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to roll the dice with the military because in a lot of countries, the military is pretty corrupt. I mean, not that our military doesn't have its issues, mm-hmm. but like a, a lot of you have to understand one thing, man. Like this is what I tell people. And this is like the, the hardest thing for people to process. Traffickers don't really see people as people. They see people as cattle. The moment you understand that you're going to understand how how fucked up these people are. And it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for you to look around and go, okay, I can see how that could be exploited or that could be an issue. The thing is, is that a lot of times, man, like these people don't make it. And guess what happens with those bodies? Not not a fucking thing. There's nothing you can do. No one's going to go in between, you know, that I know of. It's a problem that I think that eventually it's going to have to be addressed in between borders, because think about it. How many bodies can you stock in? Can you can you stock up in a piece of land before it starts to become an issue? You Mm -hmm. start attracting, you know, and I'm not an entomologist or anything, but like you start attracting certain animals to a certain spot, like at some point you're going to it's going to be an issue. You know, that's one way that I look at it. The other issue is, is that it's not really like addressed or even spoken about because people think that it only happens at the border and that's not the case. I mean, here in Missouri, I think a few months ago, a few weeks ago, they they found this girl that was trafficked from Texas all the way to St. Louis, Missouri. They found her in a hotel. This was recent, like real fucking recent. So it's like one of those things that it's like what I always tell people, man, is that you have to like really like just look around you. It's not hard to have situational awareness. The problem is I. I think personally, I don't know if this happens to you or what your thoughts are, but i love to hear. I think for me, what it is, is people just are scared of being wrong or are scared of like appearing like, oh, like I'm I'm being like a Karen or something. I think that's one of the issues we have here in America with this. This sort of
0: situational way quite crazy, isn't it? You People can be so close to a crime. I mean, you could literally be, be in a store. Shoving, shoving a television inside your jacket and the person next to you just is is completely oblivious. And, um, and then there's the, the cultural aspect that a lot of people can't, they can't imagine a crime because they've never done it. So they, it's this thing, isn't it? A lot of, a lot of people judge others based on their own sort of moral
1: values. And and I'll give you a crazy one, Chris. You want to hear a crazy one? I had a doctor one time tell me that that only happens in movies. Not a doctor, like for like, uh, you know, freaking history. No, no, no. Like an MD told me he's like, this doesn't really happen much. This, this is this is just in movies. And I was like, it's like, yeah, sure. I guess I'm filming like seventy two movies at the same time. But you know, whatever. It's 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 just wild to me, man. Like,
0: can we? I'm I'm just thinking for our our friends at home. Can we get some specifics? Because um, yeah because then 100%. I want, I want to come on to the the sort of children um issue which is freaking lots of people out at the moment and especially the children if it's if it's what people say
1: it is um so so let me let me explain to you this right so I'll speak for the United States because I don't know about UN law but I'm 99% sure the the UN has has laws against this right because it's considered a crime against humanity actually so I mean You have to understand, first of all, human trafficking is can be defined as it's the act of recruiting, transporting, trafficking, moving, harboring people by force, coercion, deceitfulness, fraud, abuse of power, position or to collect some sort of um, some sort of debt. Right. So that's what human trafficking can be defined as. What people need to understand is that they they'll hear something, right, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is human trafficking." And it's like, first of all, stop right there. Understand that there's there's an element of human trafficking, right? There's elements to this, right? Normally, I tell people it's three things: it's process, means, purpose, with an end game, right? And the reason I say it like that is because if you have the process that someone is recruiting, harboring, you know, keeping someone, uh, moving them. Or, or getting something from them, right? By the means of force, violence, fraud, coercion, manipulation, right? For the purpose of to keep someone in, in. it's two things that you can define. It's either commercial sex acts or, or labor services, right? Which means basically it's like involuntary servitude, debt bondage, slavery, um, sex trafficking, uh, tra- uh, CP, like stuff like that. With the, that that equals human trafficking, right? That's the best way that I can explain it. Does does that make kind of sense for 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 your people right there? Yes, exactly. Um, so these individuals
0: that you're coming across, Ecuador and Mexico, um, mm-hmm. did you come across children? Oh yeah, mainly mainly all my
1: cases were kids.
0: Yeah, and were they? Uh, you know, were, were they being? traffic for the for the sex trade or, or or for the for the false
1: adoption kind of I never had a so I never had anything organ wise right like organ trafficking which that's a huge thing I never had that I never had a organ and there was another one the the most cases that I had was was commercial sex act which you know you're trafficking a minor. To to in exchange for for money and commercial sex act. That was the main one that 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 I had that I ran into.
0: Are they going to a to a brothel if that's
1: possible for for a little one? I or... no 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 no. That's a great question. That's a good question. Most people wouldn't wouldn't ask something like this. A lot of times, it's and and this might sound shocking to most people, but in my experience, a lot of times it was family members. It was family members to friends. That was it that was it they would exchange money they had a room they go do their thing and that was it that was like the majority of it yeah like when it came to kids there was one that they were trying to sell I had one that was just crazy they were trying to sell the kid online and it was an informant or somebody I I didn't know because I got called in because CPS got called in so CPS was technically my boss for that period and um, you know I would go in and report but uh, they they were trying to sell the child and on the dark web and they ended up contacting a federal agent and then I had to go in because the CPS got involved and all this other stuff and ta-da and that was just that one was just a mess like that kid that mother gave up her rights like she ended up giving up her parental rights which is called a TPR here it's a termination of parental rights Like that that's when like the the court says, no, you should not be a parent for this tiny person. And it takes a lot to do that, man. Like Mm. people think sometimes it's hard, bro. I saw situations where I'm like, what are we doing? Like, What are we doing? And then obviously a lot of times you don't get to see the end of something as an interpreter because it's it's just it's just it is what it is. You know, you're not part of like the group that's why i consider interpreters like ninjas because it's like you're really not part of the group you're just in the background and then you get the fuck out you leave but yeah it's it's wild man it's like really crazy it's like really crazy and people just the 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 crazy thing about is, is how people try to justify it is what's crazy to me like that's that's what's wild to me. I had a, if, if you, if I could, I could share this one too with you. Um, I, I got called one time for, to interpret for uh, a child, a uh, registered sex offender. Right. Uh, And they found, cause they, they monitor those people and they had found something on, on, on a social media platform that had indicated that this person was trying to like reach out to a kid or I can't recall the details. They had to go talk to him because they found something on his computer. And I was the interpreter that I called that day. I was like, perfect. Let's go. I don't get told anything except he's a registered sex offender. We're going to go talk to him. And as soon as I walk in the room and I identify myself as the interpreter, and I say from here on out, everything that is said, I will interpret that. The first thing he says is I'm not a monster. He said in Spanish, he's like, I'm not a monster. I only get off on people's kids pictures on Facebook. And it took just mm. everything in me to not just like turn and just like repeatedly slam his fucking head against the table because mm. I was like, I just stood there and like my eyes widened. And when I interpret what I've come to learn is I'll close my eyes because if I close my eyes, I'm not processing visually. So it helps um to process, right? Do you understand the? And actually, I'll ask you this: Do you understand the difference between an and what an interpreter does and what a translator does? <clears throat> oh, perhaps you can explain. I've, I've never yes, thought absolutely. of it before. No, absolutely. So, a translator translates the written word. He basically grabs something from source A and puts it in source B. Right. Oh, and then the
0: interpreter's got to get
1: the nuances. Spoken. Right. Spoken. No, the interpreter yeah. is spoken. Okay. Okay. It's all spoken. But the thing is, is some people are great translators, but they're horrible interpreters because you have to understand the brain power of what you're doing. And we found on MRIs, there's studies that that they've done where they put someone's brain on like a a brain machine that measures activity and how much it lights up. And when they start interpreting, so interpreting basically can go one of two ways. You talk, I talk at the same time, in the person's ear. That's called whisper interpreting, right? Or the other way it could be consecutive is where you talk, I translate, they talk, I translate. You talk, I translate, they talk, right? And then it could be simultaneous where I'm just talking louder than both of you. This is the best way that I set it up is I tell people just talk to me, look at each other, but I'll speak louder than both of you, which is called simultaneous interpretation, right? So when you think about what an interpreter has to do, one of the things that I've come to learn over the years is if I just close my eyes when I'm doing an interpretation and I go like this, people might be weirded out at the beginning, but four hours later, I don't have a headache because when you're interpreting, you have to listen, process, assimilate, understand, translate, and then say it in another language. And then you do that process all over again for hours. So there's a lot of brain power that's being used. Like when they show you the MRIs, people's whole brain is lighting up. So it's mentally like challenging on top of you have the stress of the unknown. So that's why I always like to tell people that, because a lot of people and especially in Europe, interpreters get treated to my knowledge. Interpreters get treated with a lot more respect in Europe than they do here in the United States. Because in the US, U.S., people just say, "I can just use Google Translate." I'm like, "Go ahead." When you get sued, let me know. Mm-hmm. I'll be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Facebook thing's interesting. Uh, yeah, I have to
0: ask people. Look, you put a picture of my kid on Facebook. Would you take it off, please? And it's not just because I'm in the public eye, albeit you know fairly limited, but it's still you know you 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 got to take precautions. But it's also like. Do they not realize this is a a pedo's paradise? There was a a program about, I I don't want to keep using these words because we'll just get flagged on YouTube, but there's a program about these kind of offenders. Didn't see it myself, but I was at a handover at work and I was chatting to the guy that was coming off shift. And he said, Mm -hmm. and uh, the subject came up and he was like, yeah, did you watch that program the other night? He said, These guys are recording. This is the days of VHS video recorders. These guys are recording the Pampers adverts. (laughs) Pampers being uh, what you guys call diapers, right?
1: In Spanish, it's Pampit, actually. That's interesting.
0: So I'll say to anyone out there, like, children do not belong on the Internet. doesn't matter if it – well, I mean, what people do with their own children is completely up to them.
1: Um, But my kids? Uh, You don't need to be posting – Pictures of you dancing and stuff like well, that's what it is, man. It's just, people I don't... post
0: pictures of their kids in the bath and you're like, oh, no. Oh, I've you never know? seen
1: that. That's and they'll just... be
0: like, oh, it's just my family. It's just, yeah, but just nah. you don't know who in your family is taking
1: yeah. that picture and putting it on the dark web. You just don't he... know. Here's and... But here's one even better for you, right? It's We don't even have to go that far. I'll give you one really easy, right? Here's a really easy one that I learned when I when I worked in the army you know how easy it is like to get into someone's Internet account if they don't have just a VPN? Super simple, by the way, super mm. simple. People could just be driving by. And I know people who used to do this. They would drive by and they would hack into people's um, Internet yeah. until their Wi-Fi. Right. Put up like a fake one and they would sit out there with a truck that was like a working truck. And then they would just sit out there and get all your saved information. That's how Mm -hmm. easy it was. And then they would just go on the dark web and sell like as a package. Hey, I have this person's information. This person's clean. They have a good credit report. Here's their Facebook info. Here's their whole life. So they can just access all your shit. Yeah. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. Like easy as hell. Like. Aunt, Aunt Jemima or whoever, you know, that takes a picture. Yeah, they they might post it and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't want that. For me, it's pretty easy. I tell people straight up, like, I don't feel comfortable, you know, posting it. If they want to do it and that's their thing. Cool. No problem. Just understand that the next time there's a camera, I'm going to just remove my kid out of the the movement. Like, mm. I'm pretty dry when it comes to things like that, because I've I've unfortunately I'm past the oh, you don't think that's possible to you're just stupid. Like like I hate to say it like that, but it's literally how I feel when it's like I have to explain to a grown adult something that is very prevalent, that there's clear examples of it and you just wanna like be ignorant. So it's like Well okay, this no is problem.
0: this this comes back to the naivety thing that we were discussing earlier, isn't it? A lot of people can't because because in their mind they don't commit crimes. They that's the yardstick that they use to measure everybody else,
1: I suppose. Yeah. A lot of people also just don't think that it'll happen. They're like, it'll never it won't happen to me. Are
0: mm. you familiar? You mentioned the UN. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on where you do your research, they're, they're getting like a bit of a bad rap for it. It's being alleged that the people in these organizations are the people that want to be in conflict zones mm-hmm. so that they can exploit, you know, the the small ones.
1: Uh, Are are you familiar with that? Uh, I'm not familiar with that, but I will tell you this. You can look up right now what countries uh, are still in favor of child against like child labor laws, right? Which, listen, I'm I'm not an attorney. I'm not trying to be an attorney. I just, I see this and I look at the numbers and I go, wow, that's shitty. There's countries that they recruit kids to go to war that is still happening to this day to this fucking day and age they'll go in they'll take the oldest 15 uh, cool no problem you can shoot a gun and we don't do anything about that we have the largest uh, movement of trafficking victims or orders for trafficked victims in the United States and we don't do anything about that in the UK we recruit
0: like Eight years old i think you you start in the cadets and you get all your you know your weapons drills and everything and you you know make your uniform presentable and when you get to 15 you apply for the regular service um and on as so long as your parents sign you off on your 16th birthday you can you know you can join i i i know two people that were in the falklands conflict at, at, they were the Two of the youngest Marines down there, and they were—I think they was uh, both both sixteen. One 16, of them had to stay man. on the ship. Stay on the ship. um The other one didn't know. He was, you know, he was having to pick up. Got trying to be careful what I say, but uh, you know. Bit, yeah. Bits, bits, bits of the enemy, and put them back together uh, to try to be respectful. Ah. You know, re- trying to be. I mean, you know, sixteen years old. So I think he was seventeen when he was allowed off the ship. It's. I mean, you're not. You're not even legally an adult until you're eighteen in this country. I would. Yeah, you can't say, even drink or buy yeah, alcohol or smoke. I'd say you're not an adult until you're probably about sixty. So, I've got seven <laughs> seven year, seven years to go before I. Make that. Uh, I shouldn't be making any decisions for for, for
1: myself. I'm not. But it, I'm it's not... crazy if you think about it too. Cause, like in the States, if your parents sign off, I think you can join at 17. You just have to finish high school and stuff like that. Right. Mm. But you can go to war. And yeah, here's just like one thing that I've always wondered like, oh, it's like I can go to war, I can lose a limb, but God forbid if I touch a bottle of the sauce, but God forbid if I want to have a cigarette, you know, below the age of 21. Um, God forbid, if I want to purchase a home, like I can I can sign for millions of dollars of equipments, shoot a motherfucker that I have no idea who he is. I'm just shooting him because he shot me back Um, or I have a piece of paper that says this is the bad guy. Right. But I can't I can't come home and like, you know, do blow and get a hooker like, you know, obviously I'm exaggerating for effect, but it's like it's really weird to me. It's always been very weird to me, the priorities that we have. And this is just one of the things like, you know, I teach a course on this through through a company called Trans Interpreting. Uh, sa- shameless plug in. It's a three hour course where basically I just sit down and I literally go through scenarios. I go through new information like I sent you the information you I have uh, like. Uh, through through the time that I've been working with these organizations and people, I've learned like the lingo of it. Which in the class, I go through the lingo, like, what does this emoji mean? What does that emoji mean? What does it mean when you mix these two things? Um, you know, and drugs are super prevalent in, in all these things, you know. Normally, it's it's like a combo. When you have weapons, drugs, or or sex, they're they're all interconnected, like, all of them. So that's one of the things that I, when people come to the course, I try to tell them, like, listen, like, this is, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the world is all pretty. Like, I'm here to tell you, like, these are my experiences. This is what I've learned. If you feel depressed afterwards, like, yeah, that sucks, but th- th- this is real. This is like very real in your fucking face. And it, a lot of people think law enforcement can stop it, but man, like, law enforcement can't be everywhere at once, you know? I think what it's do- a community effort.
0: What about, what do you think of Sound of Freedom then? Do you, uh, do you know much about that film? I, I, I
1: know I read um, a lot about the gentleman that did that type of stuff. I'm trying to get tickets between here, Illinois, and Texas to see if I could... Because it's just a six-hour drive uh, to go see it, but I'm not having any luck. But I do know someone that was involved with it. I can't, I can't name them because they there's like NDAs and stuff that had to be signed for it. And I do know that the movie from what I've seen and from what I've read and heard right the movie is really like this is what it is you know kind of like how I like to be on approach with it when people ask me about it is like this is what's happening this is how it happens this is how many times it's happened this is what I did this is like because that's the thing man is it's really difficult to try to pinpoint things but if you can give people information like this is what I learned from this and this is what I did and from what I've seen I've seen enough clips of the movie to go okay like this seems like something that I'm going to have to bite on, you know? Cuz it's 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 refreshing to see and I this sounds really bad, but it's refreshing to see people going, "Oh, I definitely want to learn about that," you know? Cuz that's that's what you're going to do with the film, you know? That's that's what it is. It's a learning experience. But ah man, it's hard to get tickets. I'm
0: trying not to cuss here, but it's so selfish, isn't it? The people, they want to legalize this stuff. Well, clearly they're only thinking of their own need, you know, their own desires. They're not thinking of that young person. I mean, it's just insane. No, I I was looking for a copy of it yesterday. Actually, um, I wasn't sure if it was like they said it was going to stream online somewhere, and and I just come up even just come up with all these spammy websites. So I gave it a miss. But I'm sure there'll be a copy flying around uh, quite soon. Um. So yeah, it was um, Tim Ballard, wasn't it? Started Operation Underground Railway. He was a was he a DEA agent or or no? He
1: was. I think he was either Air Force or Homeland Security, if I recall correctly.
0: Yeah, Homeland Security. You're right. Yeah, and I think I think, I he, think it was
1: one of those.
0: I think he worked in Colombia, didn't he? And he yeah, he worked. He yeah, it's he it's, worked uh... well. He worked in a lot of places, and but uh, yeah, it's it's a bizarre one. Um, off the back of the whole, uh, I don't want to. I, I don't want to say the letter, but folks, you know, there's a letter in the alphabet that that it. There was a big movement about a year ago, a couple of years ago. People, Donald Trump was the savior. Da 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 da. The, they also call it seventeen, and one of their things was um, mm. that that there's a whole host of of children in underground dungeons. That I believe they call dumbs and um they said the navy seals are just like ready to go in and and rescue all these these kids from the darkness and and i've just said to people like i really doubt very much as as great as that if if the scenario is correct as you're saying it would be mm-hmm. great it would be great if our uh, forces went and saved them and i said but Believe me, in the forces, they—I can tell you from the UK experience—they wouldn't even have a clue what you were talking about. They certainly wouldn't know about let you know letters in in the alphabet and this. Plus the fact, you know, the military or order takers—they'll—they'll just do what they're told. And so, sorry, I'm—I'm—I'm sounding like I'm being dismissive. I'm not. I'm just no. You're. You're not, I just,
1: you're not being dismissive, brother. Uh, the thing is, is that when we're talking about the military, right, this, this is the problem with with the military is that when you have to take orders from basically, you know, politicians and stuff like that. Right. I don't know how it is in the UK, but those people are in your chain of command. And it's really difficult when you have to like disagree with basically the top dog right and then you also have to like obey orders so everybody else doesn't chew you out Mm. and I think a lot of times when we're talking about organizations and stuff like that one of the biggest issues is that we don't have people around us that like will call us out on our bullshit and a lot of people just have a lot of like yes yes men and yes women around them and I think that's partially part of the issue that we're seeing with the military everywhere, at least for the U.S., right? The other issue that we see with the military is we were at war for 20 years where we never found weapons of mass destruction and we never found a bunch of other things. And then when we pulled out, we left millions of dollars in equipment that will probably make its way to the black market. But yet you expect... But yet, you expect a generation of people like me to tell their kids, "Absolutely, go serve." Mm, it's a little difficult, man. It's a little difficult. So it's there's a lot of
0: like, has there ever been a veteran that doesn't look back and think, "Oh my God, what the hell were we involved in?" I know, I know. There's some because mm-hmm. I know, I know some that they they wouldn't know what we were discussing. Now it's just
1: you know. Oh, you mean like looking back at it? I'm one of yeah, those. Yeah, I mean, I look, no, back, I, just, I look back and I go, "What the, what the fuck was the point?" But then when you yeah. when you because I was Pad Liberty, uh, was where you remember the video when we were pulling out of Iraq. Yeah, that was the pad that I was in. Mm-hmm. That was where where the the airport was. It was Pad Liberty, and I remember seeing it, and it just like went away. And then I remember seeing the videos because. The way that you see a lot of this is on Snapchat, Snapchat, like everybody has Snapchat for some reason on their phones and they just post things all over the world. And that's where a lot of from what I've learned from different intelligence agencies is like, that's one way that they can collect data. And you just saw like all of it on fire and like them doing whatever the fuck they wanted. And I'm like, oh, I just went down there to collect people's like DNA and retina. It's pretty much it. Mm. Like, yeah, that was it. I obviously saved a couple villages and. We helped a couple people, you know. Like we had a, we had a village that they had a, they had a guy that he would he would walk in and he'd grab like some random person, cut their head, and then put their hand on the the deadless body and leave a handprint on a house. And he's like, if anybody comes in here and you help him, one of you's next. And we ended up pulling that guy out of that village. Like we caught him in the middle of the night sleeping, and he he had like bomb making materials in the house and shit, mm-hmm. and. The next day we went in and the whole village was just fucking outside like with music and shit. And we're like, oh, fuck, these people are going to kill us. No, they just wanted to thank us. Mm. They're like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, there was cool moments like that. But when you look at the overall, man, like we lost a lot of people. Like we lost a lot of people. And um, just give your your unit
0: a shout. So people at home, um, I, I know you're a military policeman.
1: Oh man, yeah. Shout out to all the MPs that are still working and hating your life and hoping to God that the your your term ends. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it, man. You don't mm. you don't have to hate your life in the military. You know, my company was the 463rd MP. Uh their colors have now been closed. So that company is not uh in service right now. Mm. I was like 30 or 29 when I saw that happen, I've never felt like a like a like a child because I cried when I saw them just put the colors away. And I was like, Oh my God, that's history. I was a part of that. What is happening with my life? But yeah, all shout out to all the MPs, man.
0: Rich, we got one last thing that I just want to run, uh, run by you for your thoughts. Um, I'm always trying to enlighten people as to the spiritual journey. Uh, because I think it's just the only thing to aspire to in life it's the only thing that brings meaning to your life and, and makes it great you know cars are great but they rust out don't they houses are great but then they end up needing lots of repair and and, and then you get kicked, well, you, you get old and you got to leave your house anyway and they put you in a in a you've got a lot of people now that are aware of the issues that we've discussed they seem to think that like the Navy SEALs are going to come out of nowhere and like put it all right. And they're going to take down the the government and, and my thing is like, if that happens within three weeks, it will all be back the same as it was with the same greed driven people who live out of their ego. That uh, even the ones that probably profess to care about the kids now will soon be in positions of power where they're like you know we mentioned it earlier they're just turning a blind eye to the reality of what's going on and i just wanted to mention it before the podcast closed because i, I think until as, as a humanity we understand there's some fundamental wrongs in this society and they're creating monsters um not just monsters that do do the stuff we've talked about but just very lost people, Um, you know, it's like the work for a lot of charities and all these charities started with good people wanting to do something good, right? And then when the donations started to come in, these good people just started not so much to want to do good, but to buy a bigger house and a nicer car. And suddenly, you know, these charity folks are on 150,000 pounds 2 200,000 dollars salaries and and it just all becomes corrupt and that's because i think we don't have the fun, we don't we don't have the spiritual battle nailed from when we're born because there's no one to teach it to us you know there's no one to teach you that money and all this materialism and you know making profit off doing Evil is never going to make you happy Um, Yeah, I just wondered if you had a view view on that,
1: Rich I think that the most important thing to understand Is if you ask anyone who's been to war How important religious is or religious beliefs are uh, They're pretty important Because when you're starting to go through shit, right um, You start to hold on to your beliefs, right I mean, look at uh, Al Qaeda, JAM, ISIS and all these other organizations. It's all based upon what a religious belief. So anyone with two brain cells can be like, yeah, religions like a belief in something is really, really important because at the end of the day, that's what's going to carry you when everything's going haywire. And a lot of times people might argue, well, I've been through haywire. And it's like, "No, no, no, you're not understanding like. When you completely devote yourself to, to something, it's because you have the utmost confidence in what you're doing and that it's going to work. So I think religion is important. But I think the other thing that it's important is that to just sometimes understand that power reveals character. I think people say that um, uh, struggles reveal your character. Uh, yeah, to an extent. But I've seen people be put in a power position, you know, from, from my small view of the world, and they just completely change. Mm. So I can only imagine what happens if you don't have, again, you don't have a good circle of people around you that have good morals that, and good morals, you know, you can, you can define whatever morals are for, to you. Like, I'm not here to give that explanation to, to people, but you have to like be able to like at some point understand that there's certain lines that you probably shouldn't cross. Because number one, the karma that will come back from it will just be 10 times fold. And number two, because there's just certain things that we really shouldn't try to cross, like when it comes to like doing things, you know, Uh, and some people just don't don't have that. Like I told you in the beginning, the moment you realize that they look at human beings like cattle, you'll you'll be able to understand like everything else that they do. And it wouldn't surprise you because it's like, oh, okay, this is how you view people. I get how you view people. It's fucked up. And I hope to God you just fucking like just rot in a jail cell for 23 hours a day. Um, but you know, man, unfortunately it's it takes it takes everybody to be able to point out bullshit in order for everybody to make change, you know? And change doesn't happen unless we all agree that we're gonna make that change. But I think I think good times are coming, man. It's just a matter of People like yourself, you know, and some people like me that want to bring out at least a little bit of information for you to like sit down, digest and go, oh, okay, like this is this is real. Let me look into this. Let me learn about it. And it doesn't have to be through me. You could go watch a movie. You know, you could go read a book like you can find a lot of information on this stuff. It's just be willing to accept like some of it is bullshit. Some of it isn't. And that's just all there is, man. It's just community is is big you know community absolutely on that notion brother
0: on behalf of uh, our youtube community uh, uh, hopefully our joint community now now that, that uh-huh. and uh rich just stay on the line so i can thank you properly but thanks so much for coming and sharing uh your story and also enlightening us to to a side of a horrible side of life unfortunately but um one that uh yeah we we all need we all do need to be aware of so so thank you i'm going to put all your links below um your podcast is the rico podcast isn't it yes sir yeah yes sir rico podcast folks you heard it and on that note look after yourselves much love see you soon thank you friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast please like subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media username Chris Thrall, Instagram Chris Thrall. Thank you.